This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. How are y'all doing? I'm so glad that you're here. I'm glad that I'm here tonight too. Wednesday nights are very meaningful. It's a time to come and worship and learn the word of God and get that midweek filling before we come on Sunday. So I'm always excited about Wednesday nights. Um, Couple of things on the screen behind me are all the ways that you can give. And we really thank you for giving. Your giving is unto the Lord, it's not unto us. It is to the Lord, and it's between you and him, and what he, you need to seek his will. I love that we are, uh, the church is partnering with Financial Peace University. We have paid the bulk of that price for that app, and we're only, it's like 125, and we're charging each family 25, and that app will help you to get your, your finances in order. Because you know why most of the time we don't tithe? We say we don't have money because our finances are out of order. And we don't, we never know where our money's going and if we're going to have enough money. And we wait to give until we see that we have enough money. And that's not, that's the exact opposite of what we should be doing. We should be honoring God first with our tithe with our offerings, and then the other 90% of our money is blessed when we do that. But we have to have a system. If you're not super organized, you need to get a system like that app. And we're going to finish up with our financial health. Uh, We skipped one week of that, and uh, Matt's going to do the end of that, that first Wednesday in September. So we're excited to finish that up. So you can give. Thank you for giving. Next Wednesday is going to be exciting because we're having baptisms. You show on the outside what God has done on the inside of you. It's that new life. So if you've experienced that new life, sign up for baptisms. You need to sign up by Sunday. As well, our groups are going to be starting in September. And you say, why would I need a group? I come to church or I watch online. A group is the people that get to know you. See, it's easy to slip in and slip out. And some of you work really hard for me not to see you as you're going out. I try very hard to see you. But um, the Bible talks about that we are to be joined together in community, in relationship. That's what we're talking about these two weeks. And guess what groups do? They bring you in relationship. We've got them for all age groups. We're combining our teenagers, our kids, our um, elementary and preschool, as well as we have multiple classes for adults. Marriage, we're going to have a women's Bible study. Pastor Stormy's doing one for men again, our Financial Peace University. So we've got all kinds of options for you for groups night. So you can look online for those and sign up. There's QR codes all around. And ladies, sign up for our cherished conference. It's coming up in October. We are excited about it. It's going to be a great time and um, you have about a month till the price goes up so start inviting the people you know to come who who wants to come with you just start thinking who can I bring with me and I know somebody was telling me one of our ladies that she ran into someone that I know we mutual friend and she said I told her I'll pay your way to our conference that's so sweet So let's pray and let's ask God, what do you want me to do to provide for someone else to come to conference? If you need help, we have applications for scholarships out here at our table. All right, y'all ready to start? 
Okay, if you need a Bible or if you need a handout, if you didn't get a green handout, raise your hand up and our wonderful ushers are going to take care of you. They'll come down the aisles and give you those. Um, while they're doing that, remember last week we started talking about relational health, health in our relationships. And the whole goal of last week, do y'all remember? We talked about being tied together in love that God wants our hearts tied together in love. We're to love people. We're to always love them. We're never, no matter what they do, we don't withhold our love because of bad behavior. We love people. God has called us to that. John 13 says this new commandment, to love the Lord our God and to love others as we love ourselves. So we've got to always have love for each other. I told you that tonight... I mentioned it last week was going to be the balance to that, that yes, we love people, but we love them within healthy boundaries. And this was a concept that I learned years ago, and it really, really helped me in my relationships. Uh, I don't know about you. I'm sure you have perfect families, but I had family members that um, I needed, I was frustrated with and there was tension, and a lot of it was because we did not have, I hadn't established healthy boundaries for my life and what that was gonna look like for our relationship. And so every single person, here's the deal going into this tonight, do not count yourself out and say, well, that doesn't apply to me. That doesn't apply to my relationships. When you do that, you're saying that the word of God doesn't apply to you because we're going to see that boundaries are God's idea okay so let's start think about in Genesis 1 God was creating the whole earth and you know what he did to create the universe he created boundaries he separated the light from the dark he separated the land from the water he separated all of these different things and he placed boundaries on things to bring what was chaos, what was darkness, and he brought it into order in the earth. And so God is the creator of boundaries. And here's what, and all these answers are going to be on your paper, okay? God created boundaries to keep us safe. Imagine if the oceans did not have boundaries. We've seen a little bit of that this week down on the coast of Texas, when those boundaries get pushed because of storms, it causes a lot of damage. And so when we don't have healthy boundaries, we're not kept safe. So God installed boundaries to keep us safe. They're not just a good idea, they are a God idea. And guess what? We're made in the image of God. We are. He said that he made us in his image, so we are to have boundaries. We're to take responsibility for our life as well. How many of you live in a home? Not an apartment, but you live in a home. Okay, guess what? You have boundaries. Homeowners have boundaries. You have physical boundaries on your property. You know, when you buy that house, you sign, they, they, it's very intricate now all the legalities of it, and they tell you your property starts at this certain spot and it ends at this certain spot. And sometimes you've seen people have little boundary wars, okay, boundary disputes. But 
Those are physical boundaries that we have that we can relate this to what we're talking about tonight. And a boundary shows where your property begins and where it ends, okay? And that you're legally responsible for that. If you don't mow your yard, guess what? They're gonna come to you and say, you're the property owner, you need to get this yard mowed. You need to clean this up. So it's your responsibility, it's taking responsibility when you have that property. So in the spiritual world, boundaries are just as real. We can't necessarily see them like we can in the physical world, but they define your soul. Spiritual boundaries define your soul and they help you to guard and protect your soul. Just like physical boundaries help protect your physical property. All right, let's look at Proverbs chapter four and verse 23. This is one of those life scriptures that you should know. Proverbs 4:23 says, guard your heart above all else. Why? For it determines the course of your life. Boundaries help you to guard your heart. It helps you to protect your heart, to know what you need to do with your heart because we're to love all people. But that doesn't mean we allow all people into our lives, okay? And we're gonna talk about this. All right, so a couple of things about boundaries. You've got some points there. Boundaries define me. They define what is me and what is not me. A boundary shows me where I end and someone else begins and what that does is it leads you to a sense of ownership just like that land we said at your house this is my property and I know I'm responsible for it but in relationships sometimes that boundary line gets blurry and we do more for others than what we should be doing because we love them but we've got to know where does that boundary end? That boundary defines me. It defines me. Where do I end at? Okay, the next one, boundaries give me freedom. There's freedom when you know what you own and what you're responsible for. My husband's really glad that he doesn't have to mow all the grass on our block. He gets out there with his mower and he's very glad that it's only our little lawn there in the front. And there's, in fact, you can kind of tell where the neighbors starts, okay, even though we don't have a fence or anything on the sides, but boundaries, okay, they help us and they give us freedom. The next one, boundaries keep me safe and give me security. They keep me safe and give me security. There was this study they did with children. Y'all look up at me. I know you're trying to fill it in. There was a study they did with children on a playground and they didn't have a fence up on this playground to start the school year. And the children, when they went out to recess, guess where the kids played at on the playground? Right in the middle. They wouldn't go to the outside edges of the playground. There was no fence. It was very unique because as the school year went on, they installed a fence around the edges of the playground and guess what? The kids played all the way out to the edges because they knew there was safety. They knew there was security. They knew where their boundary was. And so they felt safe and secure. 
The next one, boundaries bring peace to my life. See, when you have peace, you're not confused. And so many of us are confused. There's confusion in relationships, that confusion about where I end and you begin. That's not God's will. God's will is for us to have peace in our relationships. Psalm 147 verse 14 says, he grants peace, what? To your borders. Borders are boundaries, okay? The borders, he gives us peace at our borders. The next one, boundaries help, def help us define what is not our responsibility. See, if it's not within our property, it's not our responsibility. My husband doesn't have to look over and say, oh, it doesn't look like my next door neighbor has mowed his yard. He, unless he out of the goodness of his heart, he wants to go over there, but he hates mowing, so I doubt he's going to do that. Some of you may love mowing, but he doesn't. He doesn't have to worry about it. It's not his responsibility, okay? So it tells us what we're not responsible for. That's why it's so important to determine this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, this is a boundary scripture. It says, but let your yes be yes and your no, no. The Lord wants you to be able to say yes when you need to, and he wants you also to be able to say no when he leads you to do that, okay? and not let the people around you manipulate you into saying yes and no. Any of y'all ever felt manipulated? We all have. You get around someone and you're like, next thing you know, you're like, wait, why did I agree to do that? What? How did that happen? Or you go home and your husband's like, what? What happened there? Why'd you do that? And you're like, I, I don't know, I don't know. Guess what? The Bible says let your yes be yes and your no be no. And we're to be led by the Holy Spirit on getting those to get which one of those we need to be answering. So yes is easier to say. You know why? Because it pleases people. When someone's asking you, would you do this? Would you give me this? Guess what? If you say yes, they're happy with you for a time. If you say no, I'm not going to do that or no, I'm not going to give you more money so you can go and spend it on alcohol or drugs or whatever it is that they're going to spend your money on because obviously they're asking for your money, not their own money. And when we say no, someone's not happy. And how many of you deal with a little bit of people pleasing? Be honest. And it's hard. It's hard to say no sometimes. And we've got to learn to let God rise up big within us and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit on when we need to say no for our boundaries. Okay, the next one. We need to keep things that will nurture us inside our fences and keep things that will harm us outside our fences. So we're talking about boundaries, just like a homeowner. What's good, we keep in, and what's bad, we keep out. I'm laying a lot of groundwork here. 
Are y'all getting this, kind of getting the concept of what boundaries would look like? I'm trying to like put a word picture in your mind so that when you deal with these things, you're gonna be able to, to really figure it out. So we keep out what's good, or what we keep out what's bad, we keep in what's good. All right, boundaries help us keep the good in and the bad out. But sometimes we have bad on the inside. We have the bad on the inside with us, okay? And there's good trying to come into our life and we're not letting it in. That happens a lot of times, okay? In these instances, I don't want you to think of boundaries as walls that you build up that no one can ever get in. Because you know some people are like, I'm never going to let anybody close to me again. And they're like, I'll never let another man. I'll never let another woman. I'll never let anyone. And we make those inner vows. You better be very careful making inner vows, okay? So we have boundaries. We have fences, but guess what we need in those? We need a gate. If you don't have, I mean, if we didn't have a gate on our backyard fence, I'll tell you all a funny story. My in-laws got locked out one night. We had taken them home, and they have the, what, seven-foot fence? And so um, it's locked on the inside. So we couldn't get in the door. So we're like, okay, let's go around to the backyard and see if we can get in. They had a gate, but it was locked. <laughs> but a gate is supposed to let the good in, let the bad out, okay? That's what the purpose, we all need a gate because there are times in our life we'll need to let good in and get bad out of our lives within our boundaries, okay? So... This applies to us when we're making those inner vows, like, I'm never going to let anybody in. I've had this pain. I, this happened to me when I was a child, and I've locked that door. I put up that wall and that fence, and no one's ever getting in there. Guess what? Your no one includes the Lord. Your no one includes godly, healthy people who he will send across your path to try to help you to get those doors unlocked because it's unhealthy to keep that locked away. But if we don't have a gate and let the Lord in, okay, to help us deal with that bad that's on the inside of us, we're going to continue down a path that we're not happy and that we're confused and there's no peace. Here's two scriptures about confessing pain and sin to get it out so it doesn't continue to poison me on the inside. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. So we're letting, we're getting that bad out. We confess when we have a sin. Second one, James 5.16, this is another step in getting, a, getting the bad out. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you would be healed. So guess what? We, we open up our gate, we let down that gate and let someone into our life, confess the bad in our life to get it out. And the Bible says we'll be healed. And so when there's good, we need to let it in. 
when God sends good people across our path, instead of stiff-arming them and saying, I'm not having any relationships. I don't want to be close to anyone. We've got to let the good come inside. Some of you, you know, we may have partnership or groups or a women's mentoring class, and you're like, nope, no relationships. Nobody's going to get in this wall that I built around my life. Only me. You know, you've heard that prayer before. Me, my spouse, our kids, us four, no more. Nobody else gets in, just us. Well, that's a pretty sad life to live. God's called us to live in community. So Jesus talks about this phenomenon of receiving from him in Revelations 3.20. Here's what Jesus said. He said, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is knocking, trying to get in. He's trying to get in with good. Are we going to let him in? It says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Let Jesus in. See, and when people have good things to give us, open up to them. God wants to send mentors into so many of our lives, but we're not open to it. Y'all know, we are, the Bible, that's a biblical thing, that the older should be teaching the younger. That's not just in age. That should be in spiritual truths as well. And you need people to speak into your life. You're not the lone ranger. We all are called to be in relationships with each other. All right, let's keep going. Boundaries are not walls. So that's what we've been talking about. They're all, they're We're not to have walls and be walled off from others, but be in community with each other. I will tell you, when a person has had abuse in their background, physical, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, they, especially when it happened as a child, they have a really hard time with this area. Because when you're a child and you're, Boundaries are not respected. You have a really hard time as an adult setting healthy boundaries. But the Lord can teach us. He can teach us from his word. He can set us free. And we don't have to walk in those same generational curses that we have had passed down to us. I know sometimes we go to, uh, I've told y'all I... I get the opportunity to minister at the jail and at a, a home here for sex trafficking advisors and it, or survivors. And sometimes those girls, there's one in particular, she literally, she has a wall up towards me. She don't even know I'm a pastor. I don't tell them that. I just try to love them and care for them. And there's a big wall there. But yet she lets in people that are unhealthy. She keeps relationships that are unhealthy. And yet, when the good is trying to come in, she's got a wall up. So we have to ask the Lord to give us that discernment to let the bad out and let the good come into our lives. That's what healthy boundaries do. Okay, let's keep going. Boundaries are a fruit of your identity. Your identity. Start seeking the Lord about who you are because when you know who you truly are healthy boundaries become a part of your life you should be getting your face in this book every single day 
not just on social media, not one little scripture a day, but this book, have a physical Bible that you write, I write in mine. I got one of those Bibles that has the little part on the side, and on Sunday mornings, I take notes on, in my Bible, I write in it. And then I go back and find it, I'm like, oh, that was so good. I remember the Lord spoke that to me. We've got to know who we are in Christ by getting in this book. So people, here's one, one thing. We've got to be led by the Holy Spirit, okay? And sometimes he leads us to say no to people, to their demands. Here's a good concept. People who will only stay in relationship with you if they're allowed to control you don't really love you. They can use the word love all day long, but if they're only loving you, saying those words because they're controlling you, that's not the love of God. Okay? So when we allow someone access to us, okay? Now, access can look like a lot of different things. Emotionally, physically, financially, mentally, spiritually, when we give someone access to us, we need to require them to be responsible with that access, okay? So, how, how's this gonna work? Let's say I just like, let someone move in with me. I'm like, oh, you're so kind, you don't have anywhere to stay. Okay, you go ahead and just move in with me. I'm giving them level 10 access. They have access to all my TVs, they have access to all my food, they have access to my whole house. But yet, they, they don't do their part. I come home and there's like, they don't do their own dishes. They don't clean up after themselves. They don't contribute towards the uh, upkeep of the house or money to help with these things. Guess what? There's an imbalance here. I'm giving them more access than what their responsibility is showing. And guess what happens in relationships when there is this unbalance? This is tension. And you're continually trying to get this balance. It's just like, you know, one of those, uh, what do you call the things that balance? Um, what? A scale, yes. On a scale, it's trying to come to a balance and make both sides equal. Access, responsibility. It's trying to do this. And we have tension. There's not gonna be peace. When we're giving more access to people, than the responsibility that they are capable or want to give back to us. And this is, this is a concept that we've got to learn for our relationships. People who are irresponsible with our hearts, because that's what we do in relationships. We give our hearts to people. When they're irresponsible with this, they should not be granted access, great access to our hearts. We can still love people. Family members, we can love them from now on. Does not mean that we have to have, give them access to us in all those ways. And that's a hard thing because people are like, well, they're my family. I have to do that. No, you don't. Not if you're going to be healthy in your life. Three words that will help us better understand this tension 
Okay, I said that. Access, responsibility. Okay, so if their responsibility level goes down, guess what? There has to be a consequence. A consequence for their level of responsibility. No, good, that can be good consequences where, man, we get to hang out. We get to have, you know, uh, time together as family. Let's spend a holiday together. Let's go and do things together. There's res their, their level of responsibility matches the access that we give them. So good consequences. But what happens if they're irresponsible? They're not taking, doing their part in the relationship. There has to be a consequence. And you have to be the one, okay, to institute the consequences. They're not going to do it. I want to read to you this. I've been reading a book uh, that Lisa Turkhurst wrote. It's called Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, one of the best book on, books on relationships. I used to always give everybody, and I still do, there's a book called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud that's good. Lisa Turkhurst brings a little more relationship uh, advice into it. Here's what she said. Here's the mistake I've made. One that honestly I think we've all made. I've tried to put boundaries on the other person, hoping to get them to increase their level of responsibility up to the access I've granted them. But that doesn't really work. You can't make another person change. You can ask them to demonstrate more responsibility, but you can't boundary them into making changes they maybe aren't willing or capable of making. So the only real productive choice is for you to put boundaries in place that reduce the level of access you give to that person to match their level of responsibility. That's the consequence. Lisa Turkhurst would know. She, uh, her husband had multiple affairs, multiple. She would forgive him, he would do the whole dance. He would, I'm sorry, I'm never gonna do it again. And then he did it again. And she forgave him, he did the whole thing, and they kept on in this dance for many years. She divorced him, went years, and he got help, and he said, I'm never gonna do this again. She remarried him, and he did it again. And she divorced him for the second time. It was very sad. See, we don't place boundaries on, each, on others. We place boundaries on ourselves, okay? On what we're willing to put up with, what we're willing to have in relationships. And we do this by recognizing their responsibility level in a relationship. You're like, what's their responsibility level, okay? Demonstrate it, not just words, because people can say anything they want. The Bible talks about how do we judge someone? By the fruit, what they actually do in their life. That's the only way that we can judge someone. So then we give them the appropriate access to our hearts according to their responsibility level. So remember that, access, responsibility, consequences. So how do you know if your relationships are, are healthy or not? I'm gonna give you four things real quick. Number one, if you, here are signs of a boundary problem. 
in a relationship. Number one, feelings of hurt, anger, and resentment towards someone. See, feelings come from your heart. And if you have anger, if you have hurt, if you have resentment, it's revealing how your relationship is going, okay? Because when we're, we feel, when everything's going good, we feel close to someone. We don't have those, those feelings, those bad feelings hanging between us, okay? And you can't, we talked about this in emotional health, you can't stuff your feelings down and act like they're of no consequence. We're not led by our feelings, we're led by the Holy Spirit, but we still have to recognize them and deal with them, okay? Or we deal with depression and anxiety if we don't. Number two, rescuing, here's a sign of a boundary problem, rescuing people from the consequences of their behaviors. See, behaviors have consequences. The Apostle Paul said this in Galatians 6, 7, for whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. But so many of us have tried to shield people from the consequences of their decisions. This happens so many times with parents. Their kids do things and they're like, oh, I don't want them to suffer. They made that choice, I know, but, um, you know, I'll just do the homework. They didn't, they played video games and didn't get it done. I'll do the project. And instead of allowing their child to suffer a consequence, they're shielding them. Very bad idea. Very bad idea, parents. You are disrupting a biblical principle from happening. That whatever a person sows, that's what they're going to reap. So with your kids, always tell them, put it out there for good. Hey, you study, guess what? Good grades. There's a good consequence. You go to work, some of you I know, haven't worked at Chick-fil-A for many years. I mean, she work, we have a lot of people, they work at jobs. Stormy and I worked at a lot of jobs that we didn't really like for a lot of years. But yet, guess what? There was a good consequence, we got a paycheck. Even if we didn't love the job, there was a good consequence. Um, when we exercise, some of you are like, I hate to work out. I hate to go to the gym. And we had a whole series, two weeks this summer, on physical health. You're like, don't tell me what to eat. Don't tell me not to eat that. Guess what? When we eat well and we exercise, consequences, good health, better health. See, there's always these natural consequences, and we cannot interrupt this biblical principle in people's lives. Here's a good one. To rescue people from the natural consequences of their behavior is to render them powerless. You're like, oh, you can't handle it, so let me handle it for you. We should not do that with our children. They've got to be able begin to grow up within the safety of our own homes. While they're teenagers, that's the time for them to make the mistakes. And you coach them through and you help them to learn and suffer some consequences. Because when they get out there in that big bad world, there's not going to be anybody. And they're going to learn some hard lessons if you've shielded them from all the small lessons. This is Parenting 101 tonight too. Y'all didn't know that. There was this dad and his son got in trouble and got kicked off the bus 
because he was bullying people and fighting. He thought he was a little too big for his britches. And so his dad thought, hmm, two, two options here. I, what does he need to suffer as a consequence? He could have said, okay, those kids, you know, get in the car and I'll take you to school. You know, nope, you know what he did? He said, all right, you got kicked off the bus, you're going to run to the school and I'm following you in my car. There's a consequence. The child was learning something. Dad wasn't shielding him from um, the consequence that happens. So parents, parent with love and limits, with warmth and consequences, and you'll have confident children. Third sign of a boundary problem, almost done. Not having limits on how much we help people. If we have no limits or boundaries on how much we do for others, okay, we can hurt them while intending to help them. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen this. With parents and kids, adult children, I have a friend and she just keeps enabling her kids and keeps enabling them and keeps enabling them. And every time I try to gently talk about it, she's like, oh no, that doesn't work for us. And guess what? She's got, I won't say their ages, but old children that they're still having to provide for and they've dipped into their retirement for because those kids don't want to work consistently and get clean from their addiction. So they just keep depending on mom and dad. Mom and dad have no limits to how much they're helping. And so guess what? They're hurting. They're hurting themselves and they're hurting their kids. And number four, fourth sign of a boundary problem is not owning our choices. See, we're in control of our choices. Throughout the scripture, we get to see there were some really great choices that people made and some pretty bad choices. And we get to see that and we should be learning from that. We've got to own our own choices. Romans 8.13 gives a, here's a good scripture. For if you live according to the flesh, if you just do whatever your flesh wants, there's your choice. Okay, look at the consequence. You will die. You will die spiritually some of, there are some people, they die physically because of their stupid choices, because they're living to the flesh. But look at this. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, we don't live and do whatever our body wants. Whatever the world wants, what does it say? The consequence is you will live. See, setting boundaries inevitably involves taking responsibility for your choices. You are the one that makes them. You're the one who must live with them and live with the consequences. And you're the one who may be keeping yourself from being happy because of your choices. The last scripture I want to leave with you, you can put your papers down, is Psalm 119, verse 45. Pastor Evan, if you could come up and play. It says, I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commands. Church, in our relationships, there's blessing 
And there's freedom when we make our life and our relationships according to the word of God. There's freedom. I love this scripture. I'm going to walk in freedom because I'm living by this. So I want you to stand up and close your eyes. And I want you to think about the relationships that you have in your life. And where would you classify them according to health? Okay, we've got marital relationships. We've got relationships with children, grandchildren. We've got relationships with siblings and extended family. We have work relationships. Some of you have romantic relationships. You have friend relationships. Where would you place those relationships on a scale of healthy and unhealthy? And I think you need to think about those three words, the access, how much access should I be giving according to the responsibility level? How much access to my heart? Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just help us, lead us and guide us in every relationship that we have. Father, we cannot be good witnesses in this world if we are full of confusion and doubt and anxiety. Lord, we need you. We need you in our lives. You're the one that brings freedom. You're the one that brings health to us. And Lord, I just pray, God, that you would help us. Those of us that have had unhealthy relationships with poor boundaries, God, I pray that you would move. Move in these hearts, God. Help us to guard our hearts, Lord. To love all people, but to guard, Lord, who we give access to. Give us wisdom, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.